Hi, this is Gary York, founder of GGG, Give God Glory. For the past eight years, my wife Gail and I have been hosting a tent revival meeting in Waterman, Illinois, where the body of believers can come and encounter the presence of God and are encouraged to go out and minister to the world around them. We hope you enjoy this message from our recent gathering this past summer. For more information on GGG or to connect with us, please visit our website at gggministry.com. Now sit back and enjoy this short message. My my life was changed here last year. You know, the guy that actually was standing behind this pulpit was so broken. I had no idea what was going to happen with my life. I, I wasn't sure if God was done with me. I wonder if many of you are in that same spot tonight where you're not exactly sure what God is doing with your life. You might not know everything and there's many things that are kind of circulating in your heart and you just, you don't seem to have a sense of direction of what's next. There's something special on GGG and Gary and Gail. They would pull in a broken family in. And just do what they do best, which is just love us, you know? But it was in their expression of love toward me and my family that something unlocked on the inside of us. They came and they said, hey, Theo, would you preach? And I know, Gail, I gave him a yes before I even thought about it, but maybe I was just so wore out, I just said, sure. Sure. And when I came here, I felt like I had drank from a river that refreshed me, restored me, and provided me a fresh perspective. And now to think that where I am today and how God has used you guys through the process of restoring our life, I am forever indebted to the two of you. I really mean that. You know, the Bible speaks of us not just saying we're grateful. It's not just proclaiming something with our mouth, but there has to be a sense of demonstration associated to the proclamation always. So God would look at you and say, I love you. But in order for humanity to actually believe that that love, in fact, is true, God had to demonstrate it by sending his son. Because he knew a time would come in our life where we would find ourselves in trial or tribulation or opposition. And and the fact is, is that God didn't just say he loved you, but he revealed he loved you by the gift that he gave in his son. Generosity and giving is often... A way of saying, I don't just love you with my mouth, I love you with my life. Tonight, I want to ask you guys to do something on the first night. This isn't about money. This is about saying thank you to heaven and thank you to a ministry that said yes. How many of us would open up our homes and do all of this? put money out of their pocket to make sure that you feel loved, to make sure that God has a space where man 
and God can engage. They have opened up their life to saying, God, whatever we have is yours, but we want to make room for you to change and transform lives at our house. So we have come. And tonight I am asking you to ask the Holy Spirit, how can we say thank you? How can we say thank you to the Lord for sending us a ministry and two servants of God that have enhanced our life? And how can we say thank you with our substance that says, we're not a people who just come to take, but we are a people who come to give. Do you know that Jesus says, hey, I'm making this really simple on you guys. You want to know where your heart is? Find out where your treasure is. And sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we want God to know with our mouth, you have my whole heart. And the question is, but does he also have your treasure? Because you can't separate the two. In fact, he would go to the point to where he would say, if I have your heart, I have your substance. What would it look like if the body of Christ was extravagant in their generosity? And when there were opportunities to give, we jumped all over it because that's exactly what Jesus did. He gave us his life so that when he said, I love you, we look at the scars in his hands that said, you're absolutely right. You do because of the demonstration associated to the proclamation. $25,000 to do this. Now, when you think about it, you're like, wow. Many of you just went, wow. You know, they've never asked for a penny. But this is where I come into play. Because I love them. I believe in them. And I want more broken people like me and my family to encounter Jesus. And this place made room for me and for my life to be changed. And we want it to happen for each of you as well. So this is what we would ask you to do. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what can I sow into GGG? That's it. And whatever the Holy Spirit puts upon your heart, please be faithful with that amount. And um, there is a way to give. I think it's gggministry.com forward slash give. Can we put that slide up just so they can see that? Or the pellet grill. Yeah, gggministry.com forward slash give, okay? gggministry.com forward slash give. Let's be faithful with that. And if you have a check you would like to write or if you have cash that you would like to sow, um, I'm sure that they will designate a giving area for you to do that and just find somebody with a GGG tag and say, where do I give? And I'm sure they're pointing to the right direction, okay? We want to be grateful people. We don't want to be consumers. We want to be extravagant in our participation of extending the kingdom of heaven and the earth. We don't want to be takers. Better to give, right? That's who we are. So let's be faithful with that. I don't know exactly where we're going tonight. I thought I had an idea, but I really don't know. Could I get the keys back up here and we'll figure it out? Keys, I'm so sorry. Look, he's holding his baby. I'm taking a dad away from his son. Forgive me. 
There's just something about it when you begin. Yeah, 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 give it up. Let's just follow him. How's that? Proverbs 23, 7 says that there's a, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But then the scripture also says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it obviously just doesn't way the way, end up the way that man thought it would end up. One of the things that I feel in my heart that I have to convey to you tonight, I don't know exactly how it's going to look or how it will come out. But last year we spoke on intimacy and the importance of being faithful in the place of secret. You know, life is not about what you do in public. It's really how you live in private. I know that we have been trained to, to assume that the person standing behind this piece of furniture is, is greater than the one sitting in the chair, but that's just not how it is in the kingdom. The least are great, and those who think they're great will find themselves figuring out sooner or later they're not so great. I believe tonight God is going to give you a fresh perspective. It's important that you understand that we have to see things the way he intends us to see them in order for us to live the life he intends us to live. It is impossible to be able to live the life God intended you to live unless you can see the way God intends you to see. And the way we see is often created by what we've experienced in our past. So everyone tonight has a perspective of life. And every perspective different. Because everyone has gone through something unique, unlike the person sitting next to you. So our past will often dictate the way in which we see our present. And the way you see your present has a lot to do with the steps and how you live in your future. So we cannot just kind of diminish perspective. Perspective is power. Seeing God the way he intends to be seen by humanity and seeing yourself the way God intends you to be seen, but then also seeing your neighbor the way God intends you to see your neighbor. All encompassed within perspective. If we don't see things the way heaven longs for us to see them, then the world and the earth will create a narrative that is false. You have to have your head so elevated in the kingdom where you understand that you're looking down at life as opposed to looking up at it from a lowered perspective. It is an elevated perspective that will cause you to live an elevated life. As we see things, that's the very way we live. One of the things that has altered people's perspective is what they have encountered in their life. The pain, the rejection, the adversity, the trauma. Just like our perspective is unique, so is our history. No one has gone through what you have gone through. Because you're the only you involved in that story. There never has been and there never will be another you. So everything that you have encountered is unique to you. 
So you could look around tonight and though there may be similarities in what you've gone through and similar traumas and encounters, the fact is nobody will ever be able to see your life the way you have seen it and or experience it the way you've experienced because they're not you. But isn't it empty when you walk through life and you go through trial and tribulation and storm and adversity and the squeezing and the pressing and the rejection and all of these things and you look around and you're just waiting for somebody to say, I understand. But the truth is, is tonight you may have similar experiences, but unless you've actually walked in the shoes of the person sitting next to you, you have no idea what they've gone through. So this is what Jesus does. He wraps himself in flesh. And he walks through everything prior to you ever walking through it yourself. And so tonight, you might lock eyes with a stranger next to you, and they won't be able to identify with what you've gone through. But if you can catch the eyes of Jesus in those eyes, they'll say, I understand the power of that statement. I understand. And tonight I feel like many of you have felt as though you've been misunderstood. And tonight Jesus wants to come in and provide you with a healthy perspective. So instead of looking back at trauma and thinking something was wrong with you because of what you went through, you're going to actually be able to understand that in order for God to get you to where he needs to get you to, it has to come through suffering. There is no way to destiny absent of crushing, seclusion, rejection, shadows, being misunderstood, false accusations. You can't get there unless you go through it. And many of us tonight are trying to avoid those moments in our life. But can I tell you, behind every Goliath is a promise. You can't run around him. You got to go through him. Rejection is one of the things in the body of Christ that holds people back from stepping into destiny. I've only been doing this for 17 years. And Solomon and these guys have probably been doing it way a lot longer than I have, although Solomon looks extremely young. He's probably been doing longer than I've been living. I'm just joking. But I can tell you that in many of the dysfunctions in the body, there's a root of rejection that's attached to it. And we have this idea that something is wrong with us, and that's exactly why we were treated that way. That's exactly why our husband doesn't love us the way we want him to love us. That's exactly why our spouse doesn't connect with us the way we long to them to connect with us. Something was wrong with us, and that's why we were abused when we were a child. And without understanding the perspective of heaven, you will live off of the perspective trauma has created, and you're going to end up living a defeated life and a life without joy and overcoming and being able to step into destiny with an understanding that the price that I paid had a lot to do with the call of God on my life. So Jesus is sent from heaven to earth on assignment 
just like you. Before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you. Whether you realize it or not, the fact is God knew you before you stood on this ground. And in the same way, this, the Father sent the Son from heaven to earth, God has sent us as well and set us apart with destiny hidden within us. Jesus is sent on assignment with purpose hidden within the chambers of his heart. Son, I want to be reconciled to my creation. But in order for that to happen, you know the price that will have to be paid. You have to suffer. You have to die. You will have to defeat death, hell, and the grave. Father, send me. I'll go. And with the attachment of destiny and purpose, in the assignment and in the obedience, God now forms and fashions himself and wraps himself in flesh. And now he tabernacles amongst humanity and he steps into the earth. And now he begins his stride from the time he first started walking toward Golgotha. You know how many of us actually have kids and we're like, our first steps was like toward me. The first step that Jesus actually took was toward the cross. And as Jesus, with every day that passes, understanding the time associated to his assignment, God had to get to the cross and he needed to surround himself with people that would help him execute the assignment. Many of you, have an assignment attached to your life. All of you have destiny and all of you have purpose and all of you are called to something specific. Every single one of you. But how do we execute our assignment? I think that's the big question is how do we get there? How do we get to that place? For Jesus was, how do I get to Golgotha? So what he does is he said, listen, I'm going to have to do this with some friends. And he begins to pick 12. He begins to surround himself with a group of guys who are going to help him get to the place of executing and fulfilling his assignment. And he picks them. And then he picks this one guy, Judas. Judas. A thief, not a trustworthy man. And Jesus puts him over the money. And many of us would say, man, God had no discernment. Hey. You put a thief over money. His ways and ours are not the same. You have to understand that. The assignment associated to his life and the stride that started well before he began to pick them, he was moving in a direction but understood that in order for him to get to Golgotha, he needed somebody to help him get there. Surely John would help him. And he loved him. That was his boy. 
That's the guy who laid his head on the chest. That's the beloved. But when it came time for Jesus to fulfill his destiny, John wanted to hold him back because he loved him too much. How about Peter? When it came time for Jesus to actually move toward fulfilling the assignment attached to his life before the foundations of the earth, Peter cuts off Malchus's ear because he didn't want anybody touching him. The only one that would actually push Jesus to fulfill his destiny was Judas. So the question is, do we need John's more than Judas's in fulfilling our destiny? It's a question to to ask yourself because now if you're telling me that in order for Jesus to fulfill the assignment associated to his life, it took a Judas rejecting him and betraying him, then maybe, just maybe, the people that you thought left you, you thought hurt you, those people who you just didn't understand why you had to walk through what you went through, could it possibly be that we needed some Judases in our life to push us closer to destiny so that the assignment attached to your life could be fulfilled via rejection? This is why Jesus was able to be on the cross, and as he's being fastened to a tree, John would have never nailed him to the cross. But if he was never fastened to the cross, then we would have never experienced the life he intended us to live. John would have never attached him to the whipping post. But if he never went to the whipping post, then we would never have the stripes necessary to claim the healing that he provided in his wounds. So what we look at as being an enemy, it was his enemies that actually positioned him on a post that allowed us to receive the benefit of those lashes. It was the soldiers who we deem as enemies that fastened him to a tree, but none of his friends would have ever done that. But in order for us to be free, he had to be fastened to that tree. This is why Jesus is able to look, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm wondering tonight if you're able to look back on your past to look back at that individual, to look back at that circumstance, to look back at the trauma, to look back at the betrayal, to look back at the rejection and say, Father, forgive them for he didn't know what he was doing and she didn't know what he was doing and they didn't know what he was doing, but all of it was necessary for you to be able to collide with destiny. I believe tonight God wants to reset your perspective because you're going to hear some amazing preaching. You're going to see God do amazing things in William and in Solomon and in Gary. And in Gary. And everybody said, and in Gary. The word of the Lord's in Gary's mouth. Hey, I told him just to kind of sidestep this moment. I know it's super serious right now, but let's just sidestep it. I told Gary, I said, listen, it's not humility to push the mic away. It's disobedience. I believe God has put something specific in his mouth and in his heart, and the earth is waiting for it to be released. Maybe I'm your Judas. But it's necessary in order for us to be able to receive the word. It's, proper, it's important that we're able to have clarity in the way in which we see life. 
because you will hear the word of God come to you. And if you don't have a healthy perspective, you will misinterpret what it is that's being said. And we want to be able to understand when God speaks exactly what he's trying to convey. And much of that is being able to receive it the way heaven intended it to be received so that we can execute it the way heaven intended us to execute it. We don't get points for listening. We get points for applying. There's nothing tonight. All of us are going to hear something. But the ones who will actually be able to step into and collide with the blessing are those who are actually able to execute and apply what they've heard. But in order for you to actually take the necessary step in applying what you've heard, you need to understand and see things clearly so that you don't misinterpret what God is saying. And I pray that tonight every ear would hear and every eye would see. And that when the word of the Lord comes forth this weekend, we would be able to receive it, retain it, apply it, and walk fully in it. Do you agree with me on that? So here's the thing that I believe God wants to do tonight. He wants to provide you with a a fresh perspective of your past. The people that you're having a really difficult time letting go of understanding that those were the people who actually pushed you closer to you fulfilling the assignment attached to your life. I myself did not have the best experiences when I was a child. And many things I encountered in my life, I didn't understand why. But I can tell you this. That God has a way of turning all things for good. What makes the scripture amazing and the stories that we love to hear and to apply in our life are the ones that deal with triumphant victories. We love seeing a Lazarus dead in a tomb come out. We love watching a woman with an issue of blood come out, but she had to have the issue before she had her healing. In order for us to appreciate salvation and to be found, we first need to taste what it was like to be lost. In order for you to actually value the fact that he's a faithful provider, you had to be without for a moment. In order for you to appreciate the stripes and the healing associated to our walk with God, we had to find ourselves sick at a time. That's going to mess with people's theology. I get it. It's okay. Don't get mad. But the fact is, is that when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, he said, I'm sending a comforter. Well, if everything's supposed to be perfect, then why would you need comfort? I love this last year when I heard Solomon said he created the the lamb before the man. I've never forgotten that. The solution before the problem. The lamb before the man in creation, the story of creation. I've preached that. I don't give you social credit for it because it's really too good. And, and I, heard, I heard that before, but you just kind of expressed it in a better way. But you need to understand that. That God has always provided a solution before the issue, before the problem. He sets you up for success. He allowed you to walk through what you went through so that you could find him in a fresh way. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could not find Jesus outside of the flames. They had to step into them in order to encounter him. They didn't see him out there. He wasn't out there. Jesus isn't in the hallway. Wouldn't it have been wonderful if he was in the hallway being like, you can't go in. He stands before your trauma. He stands before your problem. He stands before your storm. You can't experience it. He doesn't do that. He throws himself in the boat, in the storm. He throws himself in the furnace. In the fire, he hides himself in the bush, 
It's always in something. God is always longing to reveal himself to you in something. So tonight, we're no longer going to look back in regret and in anger and in question. We're going to look back and we're going to look down just like Jesus did from the cross and say, Father, forgive them. With everyone standing. I believe tonight the Lord is cultivating your heart so that you can receive the word of the Lord as it comes forth the next two days. And he's eradicating it from anything that is contrary to who he is so that the word of the Lord can fall on soft, fertile soil. And it's very difficult in order for you to allow the word of God to take root in your heart if you have roots of bitterness in your heart because of what you've been through. The word of God cannot take root where there's other things that have been rooted. So we need him to pull them out so he can allow his roots to be put in. So with our mouth, in the same way we receive Jesus and we receive life, we also release with our mouth, Father, forgive him. So I don't know what you have been through. I don't know your story. I have no idea. But I do know this. There is no room in your heart for bitterness, regret, shame, and anything that is contrary to who he is. Rach, could I get you up, baby? And I'd love for the, the GGG team to get ready, please, to minister. He needed Judas. And you needed your Judas too. With every head bowed and eye closed. Locking our eyes on Jesus. Father, tonight I'm asking 
that you would reveal to us the condition of our heart. That Holy Spirit, you would illuminate every fabric and every square inch of our heart tonight. We don't want anything in there that's not of you. Tonight, if you have had a difficult time with seeing life the way you know you should be seeing it simply due to what you have experienced in your past, we're going to continue to worship. And we have a team of people up here that we want them to pray for you. Now, guys, listen to me in this. The reason with the woman with the issue, the woman with the issue, and I'm not sure if any of you have issues tonight. The woman with the issue was able to receive her miracle because she made a choice. Our freedom often has a lot to do with the choice that we make in the way in which we respond to the invitation of God. So Jesus knew this. In order for her to get to me, I'm going to get close enough so where she can reach out and receive the very thing that she needed in her life. And sometimes we allow certain things to keep us back. But the reason that her issue was made whole was because she understood this was a moment to respond. I fully believe in my heart that tonight is very important and vital to the word of God that's going to be released after this. I really do wholeheartedly. And so tonight you're left with a choice. A choice to bring your issue to Jesus. And to let him deliver you, set you free, give you life, and it more abundantly. You were never created to carry what you're carrying. You were created for him and to carry him and only him. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to our GGG event recording. To get involved with our growing community or to connect with us, reach out to us on our website, gggministry.com, or any of our other social media platforms. It's really been an honor serving you all, and I pray blessings and favor over each of you and your families. Thank you. Thank you.